Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL, it's in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. And from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, even their live betting app, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, Bears lose in Week 9, 24-17 to the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to offer you three doors. Do you want to do a, a sad pod, a mad pod, or a sass pod? I feel like sad pod we've done before. I've never really been mad before, and I'm just kind of intrigued by sass pod. Let's go sass pod. Yeah, sass pod uh, has got a little bit of something to do with, you know, uh, Nagy's play calling, you know, going for it on a fourth down and one up the gut. A Bears defense that plays great today, but again, you know, when we're down 17-3, to we finally get points on the board. They give up a touchdown right off the bat. We can't have good things, and honestly, this offensive line right now is a running punchline. Cameron, where do we start? Because 24 to 17, when people look at it, that maybe they get a chance to watch the game. It did not look like that at all. The Bears were not in this game really at any point. There wasn't really a moment in the game where I just felt, hey, that was good. That was exciting. Allen Robinson made a couple of really cool catches. Riley Ridley is on the team, which I was unsure of coming into this game. So there, there were some things there, but no, it, this one was tough from the start. Um, yeah, the, the score, the final score is not really reflective of, uh, of this performance. And, um, yeah, this one, this one sucked. You know, we, we talked about the, this long stretch that the bears are going to be heading into, and this kind of just felt like the, the punch to the gut to really end a long, hard, uh, a long stretch, a long, hard stretch for the bears. Riley Ridley didn't even know he was on the team because on that break, it looked like the ball was in his bread basket before he even knew he had his hands on it. Sass pod. And you're right, Cameron, we <laughs> talked about how this stretch was going to be tough. You know, uh, the Saints, the Rams, and then the Titans. And we're through it now, but it feels a lot worse. We're heading in the wrong direction. And let's just start with, because we're going to have a hard time wrapping our he heads around it as Bears fans. The offensive line, again, we know how decimated they are. We're talking seventh, eighth string guys now at this point. And can you just talk about early on in the game, it felt like that they were going to say to themselves, we're going to move the pocket. We're going to move the pocket, go left to right, and just give these guys a chance. It seemed like every time we got a couple of plays together, we would run a run play and only get one or two yards. We're just a football team that can't get three or four yards running the football. What did you see from the effort from the offensive line in the first half? This is not an effort issue. Like let, 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 that, let the record show. This is not a matter of effort. This is just guys who are being thrown into situations that, may, that they may or may not be prepared for. And, uh, you know, you got to give guys credit for going out there and trying to make things happen. They, uh, they're just in over their heads. I mean, like, there's really not a better way to put it. These guys are just out there giving it their all, but they're just clearly in over their heads. Uh, and th they're just in a really tough spot because when defenses hone in and know that they can just kind of tee off on you, and it, it kind of gets into, like, that bully mindset. We know you can't block us. We're coming. We're coming. We're going to keep coming. And, I mean, like, that really starts to impact – uh, the the offensive line's confidence, the quarterback's confidence in the offensive line, the play calling, and what they feel like they can do. And I mean, this group, 
I mean, again, just has been decimated, wasn't playing great prior to decimation. And at this point, this is as banged up as you could possibly be as a group. And not having reps this week, taking practices away because of a, a COVID scare. I mean, like, there's just – there's nothing good about that. And it was uh, – you know, you kind of saw it play out on the field. It was a team that had to play smart, efficient, take care of the football, don't make mistakes. And not only were they – you know, talent deficient at multiple times throughout this game. But every single time it seemed like we put a couple of plays together, we'd get a false start. There was a stretch. Well, we had a fourth and one, we had a false start. And then we had another false start on Jimmy Graham, a veteran who should know better backing us up to fourth and 11, or it seemed like any time that we maybe crept towards midfield, dare I say, SAS pod that we would, you know, we would take a sack. And next thing you know, we're in a third and 14, third and 16, and it was just, we were just fighting it all day long. And just talk about what it's like for an offense that maybe, you know, is up against it and has a talent issue. And you're trying everything that you can, but making these mistakes are just killers when you're trying to get any sort of sense of momentum. It's absolutely brutal. The, I mean, these are the little things, you know. We talk about how much difficult, how difficult it is for this offense to get going and how they can't get these two and three and four yard plays that give you an opportunity to convert on you know, your third down opportunities or whatever it may be. But when you can't do that, and then we back you up even further by a penalty here or a penalty there or a sack here, I mean, like that, that's brutal. This, the thing that's so hard, but there are plenty of bad offenses in the NFL. Like that, that's the thing. There, there are bad offenses in the NFL, but with the, the Bears barely have one. It seems like the, the Bears offense is literally on a treadmill, you know, like they just, they don't get going. And it, that's the thing is you just, it's the uh, compilation of like, Hey, you know, we've got these running issues and uh, we may not have the most talent at these positions. And we're unsure about our quarterback and we're going to throw in these sprinkle in these penalties and sacks. I mean, like they just, they, they shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. So even if they had the talent to overcome some mistakes, there's just so many mistakes. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. And And it gets to the point where you have to run a punt fake, which worked. Granted, Which was our real, offense. Great that was, call. That was, that was, that was but, as exciting as it got today. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Barkevius Mingo. The Mingo Bingo play was the only probably thing that we can point to on offense. I think we could probably point a couple of different things out, but let's talk about the play of Nick Foles real quick. If you look at the stat line, 335 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions on the fantasy sheet. You're like, okay, that's not too bad, but he still threw the ball 52 times today. Just seemed like he was under siege, had a hard time. I mean, his the connections after snap, I mean, he found, one of the snaps was botched. Another one where he's running into players, just disorganized, disjointed. I mean, what would you say that has more to do, the new offensive line or the fact that they couldn't practice this week? Oh, that, that's both. I mean, that, that's both. But you could definitely see instances where just the offensive line is, is screwing things up, guys getting knocked in the backfield, throwing off timing. You saw that with the – the little pitch or the fake pitch to the uh, shovel pass play where the ball's supposed to go to Allen Robinson and he can't get to the hole because uh, the right tackle has been knocked four yards into the backfield. And he's in Allen Robinson's way. I mean, stuff like that, that's, you know, that's on the offensive line. There's no doubt, no doubt about that, but like there's just so many moving parts right now that they need to be able to get right. And those things just take time. And I've been saying that since the beginning and in this crazy COVID season and, you know, injuries are in abundance and there's some COVID scares and there's missing practice and this and that. I mean, like they're just, they're not going to find it that way. That's, it's just not going to happen. And it just, it takes more time than this. And let me ask you this, 
because this is what I feel like the Bears are fighting right now. They know they can't run the ball, but they also continuously get teased by it or feel like that they have to continue to flash it and show it and provide it as a look where I'm on board with. I, I felt like one of the things that we can take away as a positive in this game is I thought Anthony Miller outside of the fumble and Darnell Mooney you know, almost caught a touchdown in the end zone. And Allen Robinson had some pretty solid games. When we got the ball into their hands, they were able to make some plays. I felt like they were just going to go into, we're just going to swing it left to right and get the ball into their hands, and that's going to be our running game. But every single time that started to happen, Nagy would get teased. Let's, let's try the running game one more time. And right after we'd get a first down, he would try, and then boom, we're at second and nine. Boom, something bad would happen. How do you combat that? Do you, we've been talking about it for a long time, about ditching it completely. Is it really at the point now where we're saying that and we maybe need it in a more literal sense of like, just, it's just over. I mean, the ball up the middle, the run play up the middle, you know, the, the easiest play, the HB dive, we can't do that right now. I've never really been one that like would completely abandon anything. Uh, I, I believe strongly in the importance of a running game and that ability to sort of grow the entire rest of the offense. I think running the game makes everything else work or running the ball makes everything else in your offensive game work uh, more efficiently, but it's not working. And if throwing the ball out and these quick outs is your, is your running game and you're able to do that effectively, I mean, you have to do what you got to do. And so, I mean, at this point, look, the, the offense looks so bad. The running game looks so bad. If that's what it takes, if that's how you get the ball out of Nick Foles' hands quick and keep him safe and keep the offensive line from not, you know, from not having to do too much and you get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, then by all means, absolutely, we got to go for it. we got to be able to do that. I, I don't think you'll ever see the running game just completely disappear. But if there ever was a time and a place, I mean, like, why not now, you know? It's, it's the hardest part to figure out because you want to have some sort of semblance of balance on offense, but we are just being dragged into this zone of one-dimensional football and we get down in games, we can't score early, and we're, we've been in this situation where, you know, against the Colts, against the Rams, where it literally turns into that is all that we can resort to. Cameron, I want to flip over to the defense real quick. There's a couple things that I can knock them on, you know, a couple of tackling issues that led to some big plays. I think we can talk about the A.J. Brown catch in a second because I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that is just a dime in the bucket, and the dude makes a great play. I thought, though, for the first, you know, two and a half quarters, I thought this defense – Man, it looked like the Bears' defense of old. It's like, look, we can't let them score. We just can't let this happen. We have to do the best we can. There was at times we were actually out. We had more yards, I think, consistently throughout the game than the Titans did. The Bears' defense looked pretty solid until that drive that really killed them late in that third quarter. What did you see from the Bears' defense today? I thought the defense played pretty well, but I think that they've kind of reached the point where it's, it's fatigue. You know, you cannot – there's just like a certain level of intensity and focus and just – approach that you bring to the game that I that you only have so much of you only have so much of that go-to juice the kind of the reserves if you will and I think that the Bears defense is getting kind of tired I, I think it's hard to play at that level all the time and know that you have to carry such a large portion of the load for the team I thought they played pretty well early on you know Derrick Henry never got going um, he it looked like at times there were some glimpses of it in the second half but we know that that they're a uh, they're a strong running team and they kind of get they kind of get more steam as they go and they get momentum and in the second half that's how they sort of start to put teams away but they were able to basically bottle him up AJ Brown made 
you know, a phenomenal catch and a, a couple big plays. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the Bears defense, they, they didn't really do anything too different from, from any other game. They come out, they get three sacks and, and they keep the game fairly close. You know, they had, the team had a, had a shot at it. And, um, I mean, they're, they're consistent. We know, we know what we're going to get. We know what we're going to get on both sides of the ball. It seems like it's just not, not real pleasing. You leave a bad taste in your mouth. Well, and unfortunately, one of your keys, Cam, was to get a turnover. We needed that short field. We needed to flip the game. Unfortunately, that happened for the Titans in this game. But, man, you're looking at it right now. Ryan Tannehill only passed for 136 yards in this game. For the most part, you know, held Derrick Henry to 3.2 yards per carry. I mean, this is a team that went to the AFC Championship game last year, and the Bears' defense stood up with them toe for toe. Can I knock them that finally after we get some points on the board, you know, the Titans finally figured out the time to cut through them pretty quickly and come up with that big drive you know, uh, ending with Jonu Smith catching a touchdown. Always really tough to see. But as to your point, you're talking about fatigue. I, I feel like it's the, the mental fatigue. It's, it's demoralizing. You're, you're doing everything that you can. Every time you step off the field, when you stop them on fourth down, you're thinking, all right, we did our job. Let's see something from the other side. It doesn't happen. They give up two sacks, two penalties, a fumble for a touchdown. Anthony Miller, another fumble. At some point, you're going back on the field just like, what do I got to do other than take the ball away? to give ourselves a chance to win the game. That's the thing. It's not a physical fatigue. They can continue to play and play hard and all this stuff. It's, it is completely mental. You know, you kind of, you get beaten down, you get broken down. It's exhausting having to go out there and be everything for everyone all the time. It's like being in a lopsided relationship. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. They, they just go out there and know that they are going to have to carry the weight. And these these things are going to happen. And, you know, like that Johnny Smith, that drive, that, that, that sucks. But we can't ask you to be perfect all the time. And, you know, at the end of the day, those stats are, those stats are pretty good. And this team had a chance to win. Well, let's talk about imperfect real quick. Um, this might turn into a mad pod. Bears, 2 of 15 on third down. 2 for 15 is brutal. I, we just sit and watch the game and just – as a, as a person who enjoys offensive football and gets excited about that part of the game, and you just sit there and just kind of moan and begrudge every single possession, every single try, it's just it's, – it's exhausting. And you know that when you get to third down, they don't have a chance in hell. And there's, like – there's just not really anything positive to, like, say about it or take away from it. You just sit there and you try to make it through it. You try to survive a Bears game. And I can only imagine what's going on at Hallis Hall right now because for Bears fans, when you go through a three-game losing streak in the NFL, that is a month because by the time that they play again next week, that is a full month until the last time you've actually won a football game. And it just starts to kind of build on itself where it starts to feel like victory is further away than it actually is. The things that you need to do in a game to win seem harder and harder to accomplish. You're always behind it. You know, you're falling down so late, so early on in these games. And I'm trying to sort of, take a step back a little bit you know the Bears are five and four now they've lost three in a row it's not looking good but at the same time as you mentioned this was a tough part of our schedule and when you're in a losing streak it's going to feel like this and I guess we're going to spend the next couple of days trying to figure out how we can possibly fix it I don't know if this is fixable no I, I don't think it the thing is I don't think it is fixable because this is not a matter of of play calls this is not a matter of you know going out and maybe hitting on a couple routes this is this is personnel this is roster construction this is you know all those sorts of things like this this is the sort of stuff that you needed to 
to address during the offseason is to make sure that you have a you short up your offensive line and make sure that you have the right pieces in the right places and it, it doesn't seem like even if all these guys came out and played their best and performed at their highest level I don't this offense isn't a playoff isn't an NFL playoffs offense by any means We've talked about it over and over since we first started doing this pod about the Bears' depth, the concerns that we had. And when you talk about depth on a football team, those are, as you said, organizational decisions that a coaching staff also has a say in. And when you go through a situation where David Montgomery left the game with a concussion, now you're running Ryan Nall out there. Lamar Miller got signed to the practice squad. He hasn't made it up there, but he, they never went out and really signed or bolstered that depth, even after Tariq Cohen got hurt. In the offseason, they only brought in Jermaine Effetti and hoped that the rest of their guys were going to band together and get a little bit better. In terms of maybe bringing Spriggs in, I don't think they did a whole lot in terms of backups to bring anyone in. When Quentin Spain went on the street, I'm not reading any rumors or anything that we even gave him a call that they like who they have in the room. Well, if you like who you have in the room, this is a little bit of what you get because now that room is being tested. Every person on the, on the football team means something because they might have to contribute and play. And now this is as much of an indictment right now, I think, on the organization with Ryan Pace as it is right now, the players on the field. It absolutely is. Absolutely is because you got to understand, like, those guys out there are probably going out there, and, and this sucks, this is hard to say, but they're probably performing their best. You're getting, you're getting what you paid for. But if you refuse shout to – Shout out to Hambright, Sasspod. <laughs> right? If you if – you, I mean, if you refuse to address these major issues and then, you know, every week say – you know, we got offensive line problems or the quarterback has no time back there or they can't seem to run the ball. Like, you know, those are all those are easy links. You know, you can see the issues there. And offensive lines, they take time. And I make that point, and it's all about continuity. But, you know, like this is the kind of thing that needed to be addressed a long time ago. There needed to be I, – I don't know if it's just another veteran presence or just someone else, but I just don't feel like there's been enough of an attempt – to address these long-standing offensive line issues. And I think that is a great, um, you know, indication of why this offense has struggled for so long. And it dates back to prior to this season. It's also a philosophical standard, right? Where if you're saying this offensive line that was bad last year is going to come back better this year, you're already working with a certain ceiling of what you think that standard is. And then that just trickles down to the rest of your depth, right? So the more that you lose – on a mediocre offensive line, the worse it's going to get. It really has to do with, I think, talent evaluation and these questions that they have to ask themselves. The bigger questions, too, as well. You know, I, I, know, I know Charles Leno has played well at times, but a guy that they gave a lot of money to and just committed to and just said, hey, forget it. Like, we're set. We're all good. Bobby Massey, another guy who's now on injured reserve, was a guy who I think did played solid football for the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't really want him back, though. He came in, played solid for us one season. We gave him a bunch of money, set it, forget it, don't need to worry about it, don't need to keep pushing the issue. And it's just this, this lack of standard and this talent gap that's happening right now is really showing up on this football team. And we're going to get to some bigger questions in a second, Cameron. But real quick, we do it every single week, so we have to do it. Give us your grade for the offensive line. I know this is like on a curve. So let's just go ahead and put this on a pass-fail. Yes. Like, you know, you know those college yes, courses, thank you. You, you can take it. Let's just – it's probably a fail, man. Like, I let, think it, let's, yes. Let's be real. It, it, it has to be a fail. It's uh, they're not getting it done. There's, it, it's the stats can be deceiving when you look out and see that that Nick Foles threw for 350 plus yards, and so I mean the the first thought is, oh yeah, he's got plenty of time back there. He's 
that's that's very deceiving. The, He's the, the, king of, the king of prevent defense. That is the most hollow, that is the worst 335 yards and two touchdowns I think you will probably see in an NFL game. And it's – that's on everybody. I mean, that's on the, the entire offense. So this offensive line, man, is just – there's just question marks. There's holes. There's lack of continuity. There's injuries. There's no depth. It, and uh, it's kind of a train wreck. Bears are five and four now. So the big question that I want to ask you is – We've talked all along, the three-game losing streak. This was a really tough stretch of football. We've got some games coming up now. They're all in the NFC North. It's all in front of us still. We play the Lions once, the Vikings twice, Packers twice, uh, Jaguars, and then the Texans. These are winnable football games coming up. No matter how bad you feel like your Bears team is playing right now, they can still come out next week, and if they can hold Dalvin Cook under 200 all-purpose yards, which seems to be the norm for him right now, if they can bottle him up and stay in Kirk Cousins' head like they had their, his entire career, that is a winnable football game next week. The Bears, in theory, could win next week, go on by, and hopefully reset and maybe get some of these offensive linemen back. Let's just talk moving forward right now that there still is opportunity out there to have this be you know, a playoff-worthy season. Definitely. The, the opportunity is all out in front of us, and – you know, we kind of talked about early on this, the schedule was a little weak. The middle, it got really strong, and the back half is pretty weak again. So, you know, the Bears have made it to this point. They're still above 500. We, I think we've hit our low in terms of the way we can possibly feel. I mean, I would be very surprised if Bears fans can feel worse than they do right now. So We felt pretty like bad during the Rams game. And but, we were able to saying, bounce back, and then this one is We've also... done that. Yeah, this is kind of the, the rock-bottom stretch, if you will. These, these three games, three-game skid, it's been hard, but I, I don't see it getting much worse. Hopefully, you've just come out, play a bit better, you know, keep playing good Bears defense, your offense gets a little bit better, and you're playing worse teams, and you should be able to win some of these games. And absolutely, I mean, this, this back half of the schedule is, is very winnable. I mean, they, they could, in theory, you know, come out and – and win five or six on the back on the back stretch. It wouldn't be crazy, but there's just got to be a lot that goes right. They got to get guys healthy. The offense has to has to find something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you start, but they got to find something to to make them click and gel. And they got to start cleaning things up. You know, you don't beat the good teams when you make the mistakes like the sacks and the penalties and all those sorts of things. And uh, and when you get the opportunity to to beat up on the Jaguars or a Vikings or a Texans or any of those sorts of teams, you want to prove that you are actually the better team and that winning those games isn't a fluke and that you had this great start and that it wasn't a fluke. You got to clean those things up. So I think that if this team resets and after the break comes back in a in a better frame of mind and they get some guys healthy and they win a couple games, like yeah, I can definitely see this being a playoff worthy season and the Bears fans could hold their head high. But either way, whether they you know whether they crash and burn from here on out, or ride it out and end up and uh, end up the season in a, in a pretty good place. There's still a lot of work to be done. I just think they need to play a cleaner game. I know we're talking about talent deficiencies, especially on the offensive line. I know we've we've seen the warts of Nick Foles. We we're beginning to realize why the veteran journeyman has been going on from team to team, and now he's finally on the Chicago Bears. And I think we've let's seen just, some, you know, some. Let's just say BDN is is not without scars. <laughs> not without his scars, Sasspod. And so I'm just trying to find areas where this team can move forward and get back to maybe competitive football and maybe winning some games ugly the way that the Bears games have gone pretty much all season long. They're a 20 point football team. 
I think we can agree with that. But they just can't have these moments where they get a couple plays, two or three together, and then they have a false start. They can't have a moment where they have a holding penalty after a completion. They can't fumble the football anymore. They have to do the little things better. And I think that they could perhaps survive from there. And that goes to Nick Foles, too, as well. I mean, he protected the football today. A couple throws, you know, I mean, a couple intentional groundings. Didn't really know what to do. Again, another situation, too, where Nick Foles seems to lose himself in terms of his play clock knowledge and getting the snap off. A couple of those were razor sharp thin, where all of a sudden he had to get it and go. There was some discombobulation there. There's some cleanup that the veteran passer needs to do, too, as well. And I'm just hoping that maybe if we get back to the stasis of being frustrated, instead of going insane, maybe we can get back to competitive football and we would have a chance to beat the Vikings next week. Definitely. There's definitely an opportunity, but there are some big glaring holes, things that need to be addressed. But it all starts with that offense and their ability to clean up the mistakes and protect the quarterback. That's it. Final question for you, and you're not going to like it, but if the Bears come out next week and lose – and this offense is going in the same direction, and Nick Foles is throwing off his back foot, and we can't get anything going, and we're heading into our bye week, do you consider a quarterback change as the final Hail Mary to get out of this thing? Because at that point now, we're looking at a situation where Nick Foles would then be, I believe, 3-5 and five on the season. He still has seven interceptions on the year, and he just hasn't been – I don't want to say difference maker – He's been, uh, as part of the problem and as much of a victim of the other problems in the offense as anything else, if our quarterback, MT10, is healthy, would you consider it as a Hail Mary? I definitely would. I, I wasn't in favor of the initial switch. I don't like the going back and forth, but this team has no sense of – I mean, offensively, there's not like a good thing to point to and be like, oh, hey, if we switch now, we could blow this. We could ruin this. We don't have that thing. So, hey, I'm, I will try anything at this point. If it's Mitchell Trubisky, if it's Tyler Bray, if it's go out and sign someone, like whatever, like, you know, something, something's got to give. In your opinion, fundamentally, do RPOs typically help out an offensive line that could be deficient like this one? Definitely. The RPO, absolutely. Anything that you can do to buy yourself time is going to help. And the RPO is going to, to buy, buy your offensive line time because the defense is going to second guess what are they getting into? Is this a run? Is this a pass? You know, and, and I, I like that stuff. I like that because I, I think that uh, having that ability uh, to be a little bit more creative, to make the defense second guess, it slows them up. It slows up their rush, and it gives inexperienced, younger offensive linemen who need more time and uh, a little bit more help. It's a quick and easy way to give them that help. And to be fair and just to be on the record, we don't know Mitch Trubisky's injury status right now. Doesn't need surgery on his shoulder. He's going to be week to week. So obviously they're going to monitor that. Obviously he didn't dress this week. But I, and I definitely, a thousand percent, even if he was healthy right now, I would not play him against the Vikings. It's a bad matchup for him anyways. And I wouldn't just throw him in there. But I'm starting to ask myself the question is if it's kitchen sink time and things continue going this way, and if Nick Foles isn't able to necessarily deliver the ball accurately and with confidence uh, the way that I think that we all envisioned him being able to do, which honestly he's fallen short of. It might be that time to give Mitch those two weeks of practice. Mitch loves reps, get him back in there with the ones, get everything cleaned up and see if you can just start the computer one more time, <laughs> start the video game one more time after it freezes and just see if you can salvage the season, especially if you do not come out with a victory next week against Minnesota. 
it doesn't hurt. It won't hurt. I mean, unless he gets hurt, but <laughs> there's no, I don't see the harm in it. And I would, I prefer the, I, I've said this before, but I, I prefer the mobility. I prefer just the, the duality uh, of the threat that he can put on a, uh, on defenses. And if your offensive line is going to struggle and let guys through having a statue back there, like Nick Foles is a, is just a painful, uh, painful thing to watch. And, you know, there are a couple of times today where, I understand that the offensive line gives up pressure. It's not the quarterback's job to to scramble and evade and make things happen with their legs. But if they do, it's a huge perk. And there are times when, you know, you're saying, Nick Foles, can you just get to the line of scrimmage? Can you just gain a yard? Can you – there are opportunities to, like, pull it down and get five, six, seven yards, and he, he just can't move. He cannot move whatsoever. He looks scared for his life when he has to. And like that's part of being a Chicago Bears quarterback right now is is the ability to escape and evade and make things happen. So yeah, I would I would much rather see Mitch Trubisky back there. Yeah, right now and forevermore. And there was just situations in this game specifically where I think it was a three four play stretch where Nick Foles had no chance, like no chance. Titans dialed it up, and it was a tidal wave that just play after play after play. He had absolutely zero chance. Now, you know, Mitch Trubisky back there. Is he going to be bailing on the pocket probably every single snap, even when he probably gets a good first or second read on, on a route that's probably open? Yeah, absolutely. But if this is what we're dealing with and this is what we're playing with right now and we do have to get side to side and we do have to get creative and we do have to move the ball around because we can't go north-south. That has been proven. We cannot go north-south right now. And if we can't even make a clean pocket, we might as well have someone that can evade it. I had a buddy who used to play Madden against me, and uh, he didn't do it all the time, but he would just sprinkle a fake pun in in his offense it would be like second or third down and comes out the punt formation and you're like what's happening and he would just throw like you know like the old the fake punt pass play or the or the fake punt run and you know the bears are one for one with that this year so i mean whatever you gotta do you know get get the ball to bingo mingo or mingo bingo and and you know whatever it takes at this point i'm all for it Sass pod Cameron Bears lose 24 to 17 against the Titans in week nine. This one hurts. This one's a bit of a soul sucker, but they got to get back out it back at it in week 10. Play the Minnesota Vikings. They're five and four. Minnesota Vikings are three and five. They think they can crawl back into the NFC North. Bears are going to try and stop that, pick up a victory and go into the bye week and try and reset their season. Cameron, until then, we're going to come back with a preview pod later in the week, but take us home on a very, very sassy pod. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you check out the preview pod for the game versus the Minnesota Vikings. That will be up on Thursday night. And uh, make sure you like, subscribe to all of our podcasts on all of the podcast platforms. And remember to always bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.